yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Hello, Rabbi Shaffer. Figure out where the best place to keep the computer. Hold on one second, please come in. Um, Say. Just moving you off to the side. Okay. Is that good? We're okay? Thumbs up. All right, so let me know if you have questions. I'm not looking directly at you, so you just have to let me know that you're that you want to ask a question. Okay. Okay. Huh. I don't like that angle. Okay, okay, okay. I had a feeling. I want to see Rabbi Shaka's face. Okay. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Much better. All right. Okay, so this is the first class um, on Hilchos Brachos. So let me just say that tonight, I'm not sure exactly how much halacha lamaisa, how much practical halacha we're going to get to, because there's a lot of background that we need to discuss before we even get to the practical halachos. When we do get to the practical halachos, here's, this is my plan. I, I am using, uh, just to, for full disclosure, I'm using an array of books. Mo- two of them are in English. So, um, and I'll tell you which one you want, you want to purchase to be a part of this in, in a moment. Um, so there are, there, are three, there are three books, three main books. One is the Hebrew book, it's called Bezos Abrachov. It's an advanced commentary on Helchus Brachos that I'll be using for its background, just so that you know, um, most of what I'm going to say is not Hidushim. I'm not saying anything on my most most of what I'm saying is not my own. Most of what I'm sharing with you is things that you, if you were industrious, you would probably know more than I did in no time at all. But uh, but um, given that you all have very busy lives, so I have the privilege of going to look for the information and bring it to you. Um, that's that's hopefully the goal. The second, the first of the English books is called in it's called Pesach the Laws of Brachos. For those of you that have, that have okay. seen it, this is the art scroll art scroll version of it, Rabbi Forst. This is going to be the main text that I'm going to refer to. I'm going to use the his guideline to understanding the text. It will be a perfect way for you to review the things that we say. A lot of I'll probably will spend a lot of time reading stuff directly inside from there and explaining. Um, uh, th- that is that's going to be the main text. The secondary text that I'm planning to use is this book from. Feldheim Publishers, which is uh, which is uh, Rabbi Rabbi uh, Rabbi Bodner's book, also called the Halachas of Brachos. Um, it is very extensive. It, it as the people that I spoke to feel like Rabbi Bodner is sometimes a lot easier to understand. Uh, he's very quick, very brief. When I was looking at it, I have a feeling that you will enjoy. The laws of Rachos from Rabbi Forst more as you know the person that I spoke to happens to be a particularly scholarly person, so he appreciated Rabbi Bonner. Rabbi Bonner's footnote has much longer and more extensive footnotes, which are in Hebrew, um, as opposed to Rabbi Forst, who also has footnotes, but they're not the they're they're much much more as references more than, than actual footnotes. So so the really the the main safer I'm gonna use. Uh, to uh, at, at which you can review from, which we'll probably do a lot of reading inside from, 
is this book. So I do recommend that you don't need to get the Rabbi Bodner book, but I do recommend you go on artscroll.com and you order the Laws of Brachos. This is from, from Rabbi, For, Rabbi Binyamin Forst, I believe. Yeah, Rabbi Binyamin Forst, uh, Laws of Brachos. That will, that will be very helpful to you. It will make it a lot easier when we're reading inside to Sonora that you can do that. Okay, let's let's begin just with a with a general hakdama, a general introduction. And the, for those of the, for those of you that get stuck when I start using slip into uh, into vernacular and, and Hebrew words that don't translate them, please don't hesitate to stop me. Um, uh, I, I sorry if I I try to translate, but sometimes it slips my mind. Okay. So as a as sort of an overview to Helchos Brachos and Halacha in general, most m- many times uh, what we're trying to do when we learn Halacha, so the Shulchan Aruch is a is a great starting place. The Shulchan Aruch is, is the is the the composite compilation of all Halacha, and just go learn the Shulchan Aruch. Big deal. How how hard could that be? And if the worst comes to the worst, you'll learn a little bit of Mishnah Brura afterwards because he explains it, and you'll be all set. You'll all be you'll be all set. Uh, now. That, that's a good plan, but the reality is, if one wants really wants to know halacha, basically, the the halacha sfarim give you the principles to work off of. After that, you have to extrapolate and you have to have to build from there in order to be able to understand and to know how to apply it in given situations and which circumstances make a difference. That are, that already involves understanding the background to the halacha of how they arrived at those principles, which means that you have to go back to the Talmud and you have to learn through Gemara, Rashi, Tosos, Rishonim, the, the the Talmud, and then all of the commentaries on the Talmud, the earlier commentaries, the later commentaries. And then you have to go through the poskim, all the different halachic analyses, analyses of it, and ultimately you come out with the Shulchan Aruch, which will then end up with the Magen Avraham and finally the Mishabura, and you have and then you have a very complex structure to work off of. In order to make things feel simpler for people, they wrote. There are people like Rabbi Bodner and Rabbi Force that came along and wrote compilations of halacha and tried to show you some of the, some of the ab- applications. But even in studying these compilations of halacha, without a, a broader grasp of the principles and and what it, what it, what it has to offer, it's very difficult to actually walk away with any. So the beginning, the the first thing you have to know that in learning these halachas is. Hilchus Brachus is from one of the most complex areas of halacha, believe it or not. Even though it applies to us every single day of our lives, supposedly a hundred times a day, supposed to say a hundred brachos every single day, that is, that is, a, that is a halacha for men and for women. A person should try to say 100 brachos every single day, saying a hundred brachos a day, but it's very complex. What, when are you allowed to say brachos? Which brachos are you allowed to say? Well, how do you have to be dressed? What, can, what about if I'm looking after my kids and that there's a, there's a dirty diaper in the room? Or the child, maybe it's not a dirty diaper, maybe it's only a wet diaper, maybe it's, a, maybe it's kitchen garbage that smells, maybe, it's, uh, maybe I'm, I'm, running in, I'm running out to work and I'm, and I'm only wearing my bathrobe, can I, can I, can I say brachos then? My hair's covered, uncovered. Um, I'm in front of my husband and my, my kids are around. All these areas, the other, the other things that come that overlay into it. When is it? If it's a Suffolk bracha, do I repeat the bracha? I don't repeat the bracha. After all, it's saying I'm taking Hashem's name in vain. And we know we have a principle of Suffolk brachos the Hakel. When you're in doubt, you go more to a more lenient side. So, Hilchas brachas, besides for knowing which bracha to make, in other words, the, the, the smallest part of it is like, 
should I say a shahakal or should I say a shahadono, right? But that's the smallest part of Hilchus Brachos. There's, there's, there's a whole world out there of Hilchus Brachos that we're going to have to cover. That's why it's a big fat book like this. It doesn't just have, oh, just a chart of which, what, which should I say shahakal or should I say mazonos, right? Uh, uh, do I have to wash for my pizza or not wash for my pizza? There's, there's so many areas in halacha that things come up. But I'll give you just as an example. I'm walking, I'm, I'm getting rushing out to work in the morning. I make myself a cup of coffee. I'm about to drink my cup of coffee and say, Baruch Hashem, and I say, with great kavana, shahakol, nihiyah, bidvarai. And all of a sudden, the kid comes running out, running out to, running out to school. They're slinging their backpack onto their shoulder, knock my arm, my coffee goes flying all over the place. Now what? Do I make a new bracha? Or can I, is it okay for me to just make another cup of coffee and just drink without making another bracha? How, how does that go? And those, the halachs of Hepset make a, a break in between the bracha and another bracha. All these things play into these halachas. And unfortunately, when it comes to halachas brachos, usually when you have a shayla, there's no time to get on the phone and call the rab. And certainly if the rab is going to say to you, I can't talk to you right now. Call me back in 10 minutes. Or you send a text and he doesn't answer. Now what should I do? I need, I need to know an answer here and now. That's number one. Okay, that's that's the first part of, 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 of the complexity of halachas brachos. We have to be very familiar um, unfortunately, what happens, especially, I think, I believe, um, uh, for me, especially in, in Hilchus Brachos, is we tend to be defensive, which means that even when we don't, we figure these are halachas that we're supposed to know, we should know, because they happen to us every single day of our lives. Well, who knows how many years we should have known, we should have been on top of this. And now somebody comes and asks us a question, and now I'm not sure. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use all the information that I have, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a get basically an educated or an uneducated guess, what's the halacha? And nine times out of ten, you're going to get it wrong, right? Because the, the halachas are, there's just, there's that much complexity to these brachos that it makes it extremely difficult to actually get it right and to know what it is that, that I'm supposed to be saying. So that's why we're going to review all of the halachas and all, and from every side of it. I see that, you know, Rabbi Bonner has one style doing it, right? Four says a different style doing it, there was... I, there was one section of brachos that uh, halachos that I hope that we'll get to today. That that in the Vazosa bracha he covers in three separate sections in three different parts of his sefer. So everybody has their own style of how they put these halachos together. That's why I'm saying we're going to focus mostly. We're going to, for the most part, focus on Rabbi Forst's way of doing it. There's another aspect to the brachos, and this is a very very important concept. Um, I, I think I found this time as I was researching um, for today's share. I found a phenomenal marshal for this. This is something I talk about often. Um, many of those of you that have attended other shirim from me, you almost have for sure have heard me say this before. And that is in terms of our approach to halacha. And as much as the as, and as much as the halacha requires us to know the halachas and to be familiar with the halachas, but the fact of the matter is, not only do you have to know and be familiar with the brachas, we also have to grow with the halachas. We have to expand and mature. We can't we can't look a bracha. We can't. The person starts saying brachos, maybe they're three years old already. They start there already. They know if they, if they grew up, if they were fortunate enough to have an upbringing where they were learning brachos from there. They, you're teaching your kids brachos when they're three years old. They're already telling brachos. If they're saying a bracha when they're three years old and they, when they're 30 years old, they're still saying a bracha the same way. That's a big problem. That's a very big problem. Listen to this fantastic muscle, fantastic parable somebody said to me. You know, kids, little boys start to wear tzitzis when they're three years old. When children, for my kids, what we did was when they were 
when they were when they were toilet trained. So when the kid when the, when the child was toilet trained, so that was his thing was we gave him his tzitzis. He got tzitzis when he was toilet trained. Okay, so now when you put it, those those tzitzis on when they're three years old, they're so cute, such little nice tzitzis, and they're, they fit perfectly. Maybe they're a little long, right? So they're dragging down to their ankles, but it's good because they're gonna have to, you know the kid's growing very fast at that stage. Three years old is great. Four years old, you know, it's it fits perfectly. Five, uh, it's getting a little small, maybe a little ratty, right? By the time they're 10 years old, if they were still wearing their three-year-old tzitzis, and then when they're bar mitzvah and they're still wearing the same tzitzis, that's not, that's not just, that's just, not just, that's just ridiculous. In other words, it's, it's, it's this tiny little thing, and it's not the right shear, and it doesn't have the, the, the right measurements, and, it, and it's, it's all torn up. But that's the way we go through our lives with the halakhos that we want, the things that we become familiar with. We do it in a way, um, this is something that I really want to be focusing on a lot this whole year, and that's this concept of what we call Mitzvahs anashim mother to do things by habit. We get into into a habit and we just do them by rote. And we just continue to do it the same way we've always done it, the same way we did it yesterday, without thinking about it, without being inspired by it, without without trying to find meaning in what it is. So essentially we're we're, we're this year in general we're focusing on tefillah and Shabbos to try to bring out a deeper meaning, a, a, a greater sense of connection to what they are. But it is certainly in Hilchas Brachos, it's certainly a, uh, a necessary component of the brachos is to understand what it is that we're trying to accomplish when we make a bracha. So to that end, let's begin with this. There are three categories of brachos. There are three major categories of brachos that we, that we make. The main brachos that we make all the time, continuously, is called birkos hanenin, brachos that we make for, uh, for, for things that we get benefit from. In other words, the Gemara says, that uh, that if a per- if a person goes ahead and he eats from something from this world without making a bracha, it's as though he commits the sin of meila. Meila is to take something that belongs to the base hamikdash, that belongs in the holy temple, and to bring it outside to profane it in that way. If a person eats something without having made a bracha on it, they are over on an iser of meila. Whatever they, basically what it means, what the gemara is saying is you're stealing from the rebbeinu you're, you didn't say thank you. The Kaddish Baruch Hu gave you something. You didn't say please. You didn't say thank you. You didn't, you didn't express your hakaras itself. It's not yours. The Gemara asks how we know the halachas of The Gemara says, Hashemayim Shemayim Hashem Ba'aretz Nasan Ibn Adam. Kaddish Baruch Hu gave the Shemayim, keeps the heavens for himself, and he gave us the earth. So why do we have to move? Who has to make brachos? But the Gemara says, Hashem Ha'aretz Umeloya. Everything belongs to the Gemara. How can both things be true? The Gemara says, before he makes a bracha, prior to making a bracha, once after you make a bracha, after you make a bracha, Baruch gives you rishis, he gives you permission, you're allowed to, you can have, you can be nana, you can have benefit from my world, no problem. First make a bracha, first to say where the bracha is. We're going to come from back in a moment and try to express what is bracha, what does bracha really mean, you're going to see, we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll try to analyze that in just, in just a second. But the first principle of our brachos, the first group category of brachos are called birkos hanen. Those things that we get when we get benefit from. The second group of brachos is called birkos ham birkos hamitzos, right? Bir, or, bir, or actually, the, the, yeah, birkos hamitzos. The brachos that we make on mitzos, asher kidishanu b'mitzos of itzibanu, where it's lahadik ner shal shabbos, or it's lahadik ner shal chanukah, or or lahafish chalamina isa. All the the, the the brachos that we make on mitzos. We we. A mitzvah means to be betzavta, to be bonded to the Rebbe to be connected. The word tzavta in Hebrew, the word mitzvah comes from the word tzavta, 
which means to be bonded, which means to be connected, tied together. We have an opportunity to be tied to the Rebbeinu So we say, Asher Kedishonim Hashem made us. He He sanctified us and He made us holy with the, with those brachos. Those are called mitzvahs. The last group of brachos which we we say, but they they come up less often, is what's called Berkos Haidah. Although actually, that's not true to say they come up less often because it's our, our entire Shmon is that. But they're, they're the brachos where we give thanks to the Rebbeinu for the things that he has given us, that he's that that we, that we've or or we recognize Hashem for things he's done for us. So that will be the entire davening, all of our Shmon Esrei, those brachos, the brachos of uh, like Shekocho Grosam Ale Olam, the brachos we make on thunder and lightning, um, the brachos that we, the, uh, we make when we see the Yamagodo, when we see the ocean, etc. All those things mandate us saying brachos. What so? What's the point of the bracha? If we're going to understand what what the point of a bracha is. Perhaps the first thing we need to understand is what are the words that we're saying, right? Because they're, they're fascinating words. And yet, if you've ever stopped to really think about them, you'd be very puzzled by them. You say, Baruch Atah Hashem. So what does the word Baruch mean? So, well, uh, the simple translation, Baruch means blessed. Blessed, are, uh, let's take the classical translation of your, whichever, pick your sitter that you want, whether you want the English translation. So it says, Blessed art thou, our Lord, right? Okay. What in the world does that mean? What does blessed mean anyway? What, what is blessed? What, 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 we're giving the rebirth. We're asking the rebirth for permission to eat his fruits, to eat his food, to take from his world. And what are we saying? We're going to bless you, Hashem. What, what's, we're, we're, it's like a currency exchange. Like, oh, we're going to give you a bracha, you rebirth. We're going to give you a bracha because that way you'll give us back this stuff. Oh, really? That's that's what it's really all about. I'm, I'm giving Hakashem something to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He needs my bracha before. I, that's what. He, and by the way, when we're thanking him for the things that, that he gives us, we also say Baruch Atah Hashem. What, what are we saying? That's the first aspect of bracha that's that's curious. The second aspect of the bracha that's very curious is if you look carefully, the tense in almost every single bracha always changes. You start off and you say Baruch Atah Hashem. I say. Uh, you are blessed, meaning I'm talking directly to the Rebbe Hashem. You, Hashem, who is the master of the whole universe, right? Master and king of the universe. And then I say, the one who created the fruits of the earth. Every, what am I, and then talking about him, in, I'm talking about the Rebbe Hashem. First I'm talking to him, and then I'm talking about him. Well, which is it? Am I talking to Hashem, or am I talking about Hashem? But how do I, how do you do that in the same sentence? How does that even make sense? Um, so, so so the question is, what are we trying to accomplish when we make that bracha? What and what do the words really mean? So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go straight to what what the words mean. Let's I'm gonna share with you an insight from the Nefesh Achaim, But the truth of the matter is, it's also it's also there's there's really a Rashba. Rashba is Rabbeinu Shlomo Ben Adaret. He's one of the earlier Rishonim, one of the Spanish, one of the great uh, teachers from from Spain. A Talmud, a student of the Ramban of Nachmanides, right? The, the Rashba already writes this on on his commentary to Masechus Brachos, the first Masechus in the Torah. The Nefesh Achaim, Rav Chaim writes this in Shar Beis in the second in the second chapter of his. Um, philosophical work, Nefesh Achaim, he writes this, he write, they bring the following idea. There is a very, very fascinating Gemara, very fascinating incident that the Gemara relates. They turned it into a beautiful, beautiful song, but it, it's a story about Rabbi Shmuel Kaingadol. It says Rabbi Shmuel Kaingadol goes into 
the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur, he goes into the Holy of Holies, and he sees Ra'isi, the Gemara says, Ra'isi HaKasriel Ka, I saw some sort of an image of some 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 manifestation that the Rebbe Hashem was there, was present in there. The Amrli and his Kodesh Baruch said to me, Yishmael B'ni Barcheni, he says to me, Hashem says, says the, says the Gemara, he says, Yishmael B'ni, Yishmael, my son, that was the name of the Kohen Gadol, Barcheni, give me a bracha. Give me a bracha. And the Gemara says that, that Rabbi Shmuel goes ahead and he gives a bracha to Rabbi Shmuel. He says, I give you a bracha, Kodesh Baruch Hu, that your midas harachamim should come before your midas hadin, and you should, you should have rachmanus on your children. And the Gemara says that Kodesh Baruch Hu was his kimalyot Hashem, agreed with him that that was, the, that, that, that was a great bracha. So let's understand what's going on. Give me a bracha. What is, it, what is the Rabbi Shmuel asking Rabbi Shmuel to do? Give me a bracha? What? What? Uh, Hashem needs Rabbi Shmuel's bracha, and then what's the bracha that Rabbi Shmuel gives him? Let it be your will, master of the universe. That your mercy should overcome your anger. That's a blessing? That's a, is that our understanding of the concept of bracha? Clearly not. Clearly not. The word bracha, says the Rajba, we're misunderstanding. The word bracha means Reboy means an increase, an outflow of something. What we're saying is the words Baruch Atah Hashem mean Hashem, you should, there should be a flow of your presence, of the manifestation of you as Hashem, Elokeinu Melachah Hashem, which means the name of Hashem, which we spell Yud K Vav K, which we don't pronounce that name. And we say it with the name of Adnus with a, as the master of the universe. So that name, Hashem, this is something that's important to remember. The name Hashem means the one who was, is, and always will be, which means the Baruch who is infinite. And, and, and the way we say it, that's the way it's read. That's the words Yudke Vavke or that stand for the concept of was, is, and always will be. And um, the way we say it, Adnus, we say Adon Hakol, you are the master of everything. So, Hashem, who is the infinite one, who is the master of all things, Elokeinu. Elokeinu means you are the source of all energy. You are the source of our existence in a consistent fashion. Meaning he is, what that means is, Elokeinu is, the way the, way the smart write it is, Baal HaKochos Kulam, the source of all energies, which means, imagine you have a person, he's having a dream. He's having a dream, right? And in his dream, there are these two people. And these two people are having a conversation. And they're having a conversation. One of them is describing his grandchildren to the other one. And the other one, this other old man, is describing this trip that he took around the world. So they, they're having two very different conversations, each one. In the middle, one of them says, wait, do you realize that if the person who's sleeping over here and dreaming about our conversation if he wakes up, our conversation ceases to exist. That's the way we are in front of the Rishon. When it says Hashem is Elokeinu, He is Bala Kolchos Kulam. He's the source of all energy. It means that He's manifesting our existence at every single moment. And if at any moment He were to cease to maintain our existence or to bring us into the world on a consistent basis, we would we would cease to exist. We wouldn't. We'd be like that dream that just disappeared. That's what we say. We say it on Yom Kippur. People sing. We sing it. It's such a funny thing. We sing. We sing. It's a beautiful nigga. And then we sing right before. Right before we say we do it. Like a like a dream that's flying away. 
we are in front of the Rebbe are like a dream that's flying away. We've seen this beautiful nigan to it and everybody's all into it. And I'm just looking around and I'm saying, do you, uh, do you understand the, the absolute awesome trepidation you should have when you say those words? You are just like the Rebbe dream. You are, quote unquote, a figment of his imagination. Now, his imagination is reality. So therefore, because he imagines us into existence, therefore we are real and we are. But that means that we are completely dependent on you. So we're saying, Baruch, there should be a, re, re, the word Baruch means reboy shefa, an increase of the flow of spiritual energy. It comes from the word, the same word as berecha. It comes from the word to be misbarech. Misbarech means to be fruitful, to grow, to expand, to become greater. The to berecha is like a spring, something that comes out from its source. That's how we make bracha. Bracha means to connect something back to its source, because when something's connected to its source, it can expand and become more than what it was before. But we should Baruch Atog, you Hashem, you should increase what? Hashem Elokeinu, that the reality of your existence as the one who is infinite and was, is, and always will be, who is the master of everything, should that 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 influence should increase constantly. We should become more aware of your reality in the world. That's what we're saying when we make a bracha. Isn't that unbelievable? Think about this for a moment. Hashem, you are, you're, you're here in the world. There's more to you that we can we can connect to you even on a greater, greater level than we ever did before. I'm asking you, Rebbe through this apple that you're giving me to eat, it reminds me of the story of the Tanzer Rebbe. Let me tell you. Listen to this great story of the Tanzer Rebbe. I heard that this is one of my favorite stories. I say it all the time. The Tanzer Rebbe said, once a chassid came to him and he said to him, Rebbe, What's the difference between me and you? You eat an apple and you make a bracha. I eat an apple and I make a bracha. You know, it's like like people say, you know, Rabbi, what's the difference between you? You put your pants on one foot at a time. I put my pants on one. Well, there's no difference between us. We're, we're exactly the same. Sounds like Rabbi said, you know what? You know what the difference between me and you is? You make a bracha so you can eat an apple. I eat an apple so I can make a bracha. Because what is bracha? The bracha is an opportunity to say, Rebarsham, I want to have a greater connection to you. I want this physical act of eating an apple, of of consuming a candy, of feeling that gluttonous feeling of enjoying a good steak to be something that connects me to you. I want this to be an experience. It goes one step further. Darizan says, we think of ourselves, we think the world, there's two parts to the world, right? There's a physical world, there's the material world, and then there's a spiritual world. Three, two separate domains, and our neshama that's in our gulf, that's connected to our body, that binds these two things together. She says, no, 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 no. It's all one. There's no two worlds. It's all together. When you make a bracha, this is what you're saying. Rebarashom, my engagement in the physical activity of feeding my soul, but feeding my body, which will keep my soul alive, which is the raya, that that's the proof that the Arizal says that, it, that clearly body and soul are all one. It's one world. Because when you stop eating and you starve to death, your neshama dies too. Your neshama, I mean, it leaves your body and it can't function in the rear and it can't grow and it can't expand and can't become more than what it was before. The whole reality can't can change. You look, Mrs., you look like you have to wait. I'm going too fast. Too many, no, too many ideas. Got to slow down. It's, I can't just, I just can't. Still stuff on the, what you said about the dream. I'm like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. It's a very right. It's huge. It's, it's big a, concept. Yeah, it's a very yes. big concept. Scary, right? <laughs> right. Right. So 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 our whole reality is the Rosham, and we can be more aware of our connection to the Bari to the creator of the world, to the to the reality of what it is. 
That's what the Rashi says. That's what Rabbi Shmuel saying when he goes into the Kodesh Hakadosh. He says, "Hashem says, Yishmael He's saying, "Open up the world, create an expansion, so that my, there can be more of my shefa, a greater outflow of spiritual energy into the world." Because that's what we control. That's the whole Nefesh HaChaim. By the way, that's the Nefesh HaChaim in, in a nutshell. The whole first half of the Nefesh HaChaim in, in a nutshell is we control, Kaviyochel, we control how much Hashem is in the world. We, we, the way he says it, the words that he uses are we energize the Rebbe We, in we, human beings, okay. control how much of Hashem's influence there is in the world. We give strength to the Rebbe If we're good, Hashem is stronger. If we're bad, Hashem is weaker. It's not that the Rebbe himself is actually weaker. Meaning, how Hashem interacts with the world is either stronger or weaker based on how we behave, based on what we do, based on whether or not we connect to Him. If we say, Baruch Atah Hashem, with the right kavana, with the right thought, Baruch Hashem, you should be nisbarek. You should be nisbarek. Nisbarek means you should expand. You should increase. There should be more of you in the world. Then you say bore mine mezonos. What is bore mine mezonos? You don't say bara mine mezonos. Hashem created or Hashem hamotzi lechem in arts. You don't say motza lechem in arts that He created. You said in the present tense because it's happening now. Because Hashem is there with you at every moment. And it, it, it's brought into the world and you're manifesting that reality. Now, that's what you're doing when you make a bracha. When you want to talk about what you want to talk about the halachos of brachos, understand the awesomeness of what we're doing here. We are standing here in front of the burialum, in front of the creator of the in front of the creator of the world, and we're saying, Rebarashom. I want there to be more of your influence. So my action now of eating this fruit, it's not merely an action of sustaining my physical being so that I can do mitzvahs and all the rest of that. This action itself is a poss- is the, has the potential for me to create an awareness of Hashem's, rea- Hashem's reality here in the world at this very moment. So how are we going to work on that? How are we going to make it that we can have that kind of kavana every time we make a bracha, by the a hundred times a day. When I told me, you know, once, you know, they have those beautiful signs, the Ashiyatza signs, right? You're supposed to go outside the bathroom and you're supposed to take 30 seconds, right? I, I forgot what they have a whole calculation there. That if you take 30 seconds to say Ashiyatza and you go to the bathroom three times a day or four or five times a day, so then you have two and a half minutes of, of concentrating on how to. Nevesh uh, Chaim says, a very another very a, a fascinating idea. It says we talk shalom. The, the, the Mishnah says that a person should not be like an Ebed Hamashamish Sarah Manas the Kabul Pras. You shouldn't do mitzvahs uh, for ulterior motives. You should do mitzvahs only because you want to become closer to the Rebbeinu That's why, because the Rebbeinu gives you an opportunity to do mitzvah. That's why you should do mitzvah. Forget about the reward that you're going to. You have an opportunity, like I said, mitzvah is betzafta to be bonded to the Rebbeinu You follow what, and, and this ties into so many different ideas. It, we have, a, we have a content that says, Greater is a person who does something because he's commanded to do it more than a volunteer. That's counterintuitive. What do you mean? People, who are, who are the better people? Who are the people we admire more? People that do what they're supposed to do or people who do things, who volunteer to do all the extra stuff? Usually we look at the volunteers and we say, wow, that's a really special person. Somebody who does the things that they're supposed to do, it's their job to do it. That's their job. What do you, what do you want from them? Right, right, right. But, but the Gemara tells us that it's the opposite. 
It's better to be somebody who's commanded to do something than somebody who's not commanded to do something, somebody who does something of, of, their, own, of, of their own volition. Why? Because a mitzvah, one, one possible explanation why, is because a mitzvah is to be betzavta, is to be bonded to the Rebbe Hashem, to be connected to him, to have an opportunity, to have a relationship with the Rebbe Hashem. You have an opportunity, you mere mortals, human beings, speck of dust in the, in the, in the cosmic calculation of what the universe is, has a relationship to be bonded with the infinite power that is the Rebbe Hashem. That's unbelievable. Not because you chose to do it, which is motivated from your side towards him. It's because he chose to have a relationship with you. Can there be anything greater than that? That the Russian wants a relationship with me? Little me, Hashem wants a relationship with me? Of course, if somebody wants to go, goes, wants to go to the White House and says, wants to go serve as an intern in the White House. Every kid is every every kid that's doing uh, um, AP courses in, in government, whatever, wants to run to the White House. But when President Trump calls you up and says, I want you to come here, and now all of a sudden, oh, whoever it is, whether it's Biden, whoever, whichever president you are, right? The president of the United States calls you and says, I want you to come to me, right? All of a sudden, I'm, I'm to, and wow, I'm the, right? The version is, I want a relationship with you. I want to give you my mitzvahs. Do this for me. Can, it be, can there be anything greater than that? But what happens is that we get caught up. And so what, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? I'm looking for scars. The Mishnah says, don't do it for scar. But the Nebuchadnezzar says, the, the Gemara tells us, if you can't do it altruistically, you can't do it. You can't picture the idea that the Rebbe Hashem wants to have a relationship with you. So you know what you have to do? You have to climb the ladder. You know, when you go up a ladder, you have to go up one rung at a time. That means you have to start at the place on the bottom that's connected to the bottom, and you have to move your way up. And you have to get better and better. And as you go, you have to grow. So, so the, the concept of making a bracha, it's making a bracha in a way that transforms me and transforms everything that I'm doing, that, that speaks to the reality of what, of what, I'm, what, I, what I want to do, having kavanahs in, in brachos, is, is going to start in a small way. We have to take on little things. So if there's one thing that you remember from tonight, if there's only one thing that you remember from tonight, let's take this, let's take this idea. <sighs> This I think um, I think Rabbi Torsky writes this in his Hakdama to this to this to reinforce book. Here's you want to oh no I, I didn't no I actually got this one from Rabbi Wagner's book. This is from uh, from the Mashkiach from Gateshead. The Mashkiach from Gateshead, um, his name escapes me now. It doesn't matter, right? The Mashkiach from Gateshead said, says says like this in his in his in his introduction to this book says as follows: You want to have kavana and brachos. You want to know what it means how how it is a hundred times a day. Every time you think you're going to be thinking. Baruch Atah Hashem Akashbahu, you should increase Ribanshah, master of the universe. I want you to increase the Shefa, the outflow of spiritual energy into of the of the infinite spiritual energy into the world so that I can recognize your constant presence in but for every if you start trying to do that for every bracha, you're going to get through about five brachos and then by then you're going to be saying, Okay, I'm fasting for the rest of the day because I don't I can't make any right but you you want to be able to make brachos constantly on, on, on with, with the proper command you got to start small so start here here here's a suggestion from from the from from the gates of mashkiach start with shabbos start with shabbos shabbos is a special day shabbos carries with a special school as we talked to we've talked to we've been talking hopefully your husband hopefully the ladies that are here your husband's brought back home the shabbos meditation for you about the idea that shabbos is the time when we're totally alone with hashem cancel out all the noise of the world. The whole idea of Menucha Shabbos, of having a rest on Shabbos, is we're canceling out the noise of, of the world around us and 
all those things that block us from recognizing Hashem. We are totally like the idea of, of I mentioned this of Tzeischem Shalom is why do we send the Malachim away at the end of Shalom Aleichem? We welcome all the Malachim into our house. We say, give me a bracha, this and that. Then we say, ah, oh, Tzeischem Shalom, time for you to go. We're kicking the Malachim out before they even got there, like three paragraphs in, and they're goodbye Malachim. Where are they, where are they leaving? Why, why are the Malachim leaving so fast? So you don't want the Malachim to say the answer is no. Your Shabbos Suda is your Yichud room. That's the time when you get to be alone with the Rebbe Shalom. It's you and the Rebbe Shalom. That's your Shabbos table. You and that's your Pincus's idea. You and the Rebbe Shalom, you're all alone. So Shabbos has special schools to it. Shabbos has, special, has a special energy that's manifest. On Shabbos, it's not manifest anywhere else. You have the possibility to be alone with the Rebbe Shalom. Now, you make three brachos, and you make three brachos around your Suda, around your, around your Shabbos Suda. Right? You make, you make a you make a Boripriagofen, you make a you make Kiddush, you make Boripriagofen, and you make Hamotzi. Have Kavana in those three brachos. That's the first thing to work on. The first thing, again, I'm telling you this, this is the most important thing that I've said all night. Everything else that I said, all nice ideas, beautiful, wonderful. This is the only thing that if you walk, if you go home at, with this idea, that, that it's a winner. This, this year was worth it only just to go home with this, this one idea. When you make the three brachos at, at your Suda, at your Friday night Suda, and you have kavana in those three brachos. Kavana means that you you think about this idea. Baruch atah Hashem. Baruch, I'm speaking directly to you, Hashem, that you should be misrabe, like Rabbi Shmuel Kaingadol said to when when Akash said, Yishmuel b'ni barcheni, Yishmuel b'ni, create the opportunities for me to expand my influence in the world. Akash Baruch said, what does he say to him? Yihiratza nofanecha, Akash Baruch it should be your will, that your that your minas harachamim should be misgaber, your 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 character trait. Of Rahmanus, of mercifulness, should overcome your 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 You should look to have a relationship with Kalisa and see only the the, the positive in them. You see, it says That means he saw the Rishmael understood what he wanted. He didn't need your Rishmael to give him anything. The Rishmael was not looking for Rishmael to give me something. Rishmael was what what what's the Rishmael looking for? The Rishmael was looking for Rishmael open up the pathway. I want you to do the work. Open the pathway for me to be Masher my Shechina, for me to send down my Shechina, for me to increase my presence in the world. That's what we're going to say. On Friday night, this Friday night, we're going to be, we're already on this, in this rarefied atmosphere of the Yichud room, sitting around our Shabbos table directly, only with the Rimon Hashem, with the burial right there with us. You were eating at his Suda. We're doing what he wants us to do. We're eating a meal. You'd think, I'm sitting there by the Rimon Hashem Suda. I'm sitting there in front of the Rimon Hashem. What should I do? I should do something holy. Why? Why? I should say some prayers. I should say extra capital to him. No, the Rimon Hashem wants you to eat a meal with him. It's like Lamelch invites you, the king invites you to in. And he says, come, let's have a Suda. You don't say, oh, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're here. Maybe we should learn some Torah. I want you to have a Suda with me. I want you to make Kiddush. I want you to have wine, which opens up, which expand, which is another concept of expansion to, to, to talk for a different time. We want you to have bread together with me. I want, to, I want you to, I want to be together with you. So we say, Let's use this opportunity to expand your influence in the world to recognize that Hashem is here with me. And that's how I'm going to make my brachos. My three brachos on Friday night, those are the brachos I'm going to make with Kavana. I'm going to work on having Kavana in brachos in just those three brachos. It doesn't mean you can't have Kavana in any of the other brachos. It doesn't mean you, but, but 
focus, focus on these three brachos. That's this is the this is the time to do it. I'm going to have a focus on these three brachos on Friday night. I'm going to I'm going to focus I'm going to focus my energy so that I'm actually having a bracha. I'm actually doing something that transforms my relationship with the Rebbeinu. That's the first. That's that. Let's just set that as our as our hakdama, as our as our introduction to Hilchos Brachos. We understand that we're standing in front of our Kodesh Bracha and we're making brachos for every bracha. Every single bracha starts off Baruch Atah Hashem because every bracha is an opportunity for creating a greater bond, a greater connection, a greater line of an opening, an, a, 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 an expansion of Hashem's energy in the world that we have the power to do. We have the way, the muscle that I used to describe it, it's like our hand, our hand is on that faucet and we get to open or to close that pipeline. And we want to open that as wide as possible so that all that spiritual energy is flowing down into our Shabbos Suda and into our middle, and it's going to transform our whole reality. It's going to make it make our whole Friday night into something that's different. That alone, for that, that that's the first halacha that we're, they were going to learn tonight. That, that hakdama of what is baruch? Baruch means not not we're blessing you, Hashem. Not we're being we're not giving Hashem something. We are accepting from Hashem. We're asking. We're making almost a request from the Hashem. Baruch Hashem. We recognize that it's your influence that transforms this world. And by the way, that creates the most unbelievable bond between us and Hashem. Because if we recognize that it's only through his influence that this whole world exists, how do we say, because I earned some money, so that's why I'm able to afford this wine. That's why I'm able to afford this beautiful suda. That's why I'm able to do this in there. No, it's Baruch HaTo Hashem, you Hashem, with your flow of spiritual energy that you make present in the world. That's what that's what trans that's what makes the difference. They say they say that, and the, the other idea that comes that's this that's very manifest, and this this is true over and over again in every aspect of our Vodas Hashem. There's there's I talked about this a little bit in Rodrasha a little while ago about the concept of Ratzova Shov. That you go, we go, we, we expand outward like a wave flowing in from the ocean or go all the way up onto land and then it's back. Everything falls back. We pull, we pull in again and then it falls back. But sometimes just a little bit sticks with us. As we push ourselves further, we grab onto a little something and we take it back with us. It's a, the, the Gemara describes it when the Malachim pop their heads up, Malachim from one level, whatever this means, this is above my pay grade to describe it in any more, more, more explicit terms in this, but, but when the malachim pop their heads up from a lower level to a higher level in Shemayim and they get popped back down because you don't belong up here, right? But they're, why are they popping their heads up? You don't belong there. So why, why, why would you pop your head up? Because I want to see what's going on up there. And then if maybe I'll see something that will inspire me or will transform me. Ratzo Vashov, I can, I can push forward and then th- things fall back. It's like that tidal, that tide as it comes in, it covers more and more of the beach. It goes, go, gets a little further and a little further. Every time I go up, I go up. So when we make brachos, think about it, what we're saying, the, the, it's expressed in our brachos. Our whole Avodah Hashem works this way. We're looking for inspiration, but inspiration never lasts. That's the reality. Inspiration never lasts. I don't care how inspired you are. I don't care what dominant you had. It's never going to last. It'll last maybe one time a week, two days, three days, four days, maybe a week you're inspired, but eventually it fades away. Eventually it's going to, you're going to need new inspiration. You need something else. You need something else to inspire. You need something else to transform your reality. But we say it in our brachos. We say it every time. Baruch Atah Hashem. I'm talking to you directly, Hashem. Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. You are the one. Oh, I can't get too close. If I get too close, I have to fall back. That's the 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 the, 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 the rea- our reality is is that that 
Yes, we want HaKadosh Baruch Hu's outflow of his spiritual energy, but eventually, really, it's too much for us. It's overwhelming for us. So, so we have to step back. But it doesn't stop us next time from asking again, jumping right back into it. Baruch Hashem, I'm saying it again. I'm gonna, I want to have that direct relationship. Okay, I can't, can't maintain that relationship. It goes back. That's in all of our Avodah Hashem works that way. Shabbos is different than the week. We have our, we live on a higher spiritual level on Shabbos than we live during the week. We live on a we live closer to Rebbe Hashem during Asheresimichuva, right? Dear Hashem, behimatzo seek out Hakadosh Baruch Hu when it's easier to find Him. Right? Karaubiya griosa karav yishukol atem. Are you going to be able to hold that level? Are you going to be able to keep pasisol and and everything else all year long? No, maybe not. But it's worthwhile looking for the inspiration for the moment because there's something that will something that will rub off on you. Something that, and every time you make a bracha, you have that same opportunity. Baruch Atah Hashem, I'm talking to you directly, Rambam. I'm in direct contact with Rambam. Okay, Bari Piragafen. Now I'm now I have to step back and recognize that from a distance that Hashem really. It's, it's the same concept of what we call Nochach Venistar, direct in, uh, uh, face to face. And sometimes it's in third person. It's it's it's, it's a third, but but from from behind the from behind the from behind the veil, from behind a from behind a screen. But then, but then it's it's again it's ruts of a show. It's 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 jumping forward and then we fall back. But we always have to jump forward for it. We're always looking for another way to expand ourselves into that. We're always looking for another opportunity for inspiration, for connection, for looking to transform ourselves into something else. That's the beginning of helpless brothers. That's the underpinnings of all of it. Baruch Hashem, don't forget that. That's worth it. Baruch Hashem. When? Friday night. Friday night by those three brachos. If you're going to have Kavana, if you're going to work on the, the concept of Kavana, and it's going to be the concept of Kavana, not of a three-year-old that's saying, thank you, Hashem, for the lollipop. You're not just saying, thank you, Hashem. You're saying, Hashem, I want a relationship with you through this lollipop, through this candy. I want to be like the Tzantra. Look, we can't all be like the Tzantra that we, that we eat something in order to make a bracha, but at least it shouldn't just be that I'm making a bracha just to eat something so I can just, just shove it down so that the bracha comes out without I swallowed it down before I even said it. Every time, maybe not. Maybe sometimes, maybe most of my brachos are going to still be in a rush. But at least those three brachos, the, those three brachos, Kiddush, the Bari Priya Gofen, right? And the Hamoyt Zacham and Arts, Kavana in those three brachos. Let's work on the Kavana on those three brachos. And then I'll add that to be a schosras that we should have a lot of Hatzlacha in the rest of our study of the Hilfus Brachos as we move on. But Hashem, next week we'll start with the Halachas of when it's appropriate to make a bracha when it's not appropriate to make a bracha, meaning in front of whom. And we'll also talk about, as Hashem, uh, the different names of Hashem. We already mentioned Hashem al-Kainu, but when, when, when it, when's, when's it appropriate to make a, a bracha and when it's not appropriate to make brachas. So we'll talk about that next week. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi Shochet. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Rabbi Shochet. It was great.